0: I just wanted to mention this evening the special service we're having at the Mount Gospel Harmony To invite you to bring a friend and come enjoy that time of music together. My oldest brother is in that group, and so I'm anxious to see him. We got word this morning in the church office that Rachel Wanger is going to be having a heart surgery on the 19th. So let's be in prayer for her. The Lord would it, uh, touch her life and, and And I know there's other needs among us. And as we pray and hold on, God is going to work on behalf of our our family and friends. But it's good to see you in church today. I can see you so much better today. I wonder why. You notice the new windows. Somebody came in today and she said, I thought something looked different. There will be shutters uh, on our own order, and they will be coming. But now, today, uh, don't be looking out the window. I want you to be focusing here as I'm preaching. Somebody said I might have to jump and pound the pulpit a little more today. Keep your attention. I think that's really not me. (laughs) Might be Jake. I don't know, but it's not me. (laughs) But we're happy to see everyone here. And we're here to worship God together. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Your Bible, starting at verse 17 through chapter 5 and concluding verse 8. I don't know why I always tell you that. It's right in front of you on the screen. I guess I'll have it. always have that. All right, Ephesians chapter 4, um, portion of scripture we want to focus on attention. lion, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. We are, for we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who st- stole steal no longer. Rather, let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Then let no corrupt word proceed out of your mind. What is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us, giving himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you, as is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, or covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. And we'll conclude there at verse 5. Lord, we thank you for your word to us today. I pray the Holy Spirit would bless it to our hearts and minds that he would be the teacher here, speaking to each one of our lives. Thank you for each one of us here today. Lord, you know our hearts, you know all there is to know about us. I'm so glad that we can be an open book before you. But today we do pray the Holy Spirit would come to minister to every heart, every family represented. We want to lift up Rachel today. You know, she's been the journey here late for her. She's resting, trying not to do anything extra hard. And now that the doctors have concluded that this is what she needs, I pray that you'd be with her, especially on the 19th, as they have the surgery. we praying Lord, that you'd be successful in what she needs. And so bring healing <clears throat> to her body. Get her earned on and just encourage you. Other needs we've been praying for, Lord, you heard every name you know, Lord, and the unspoken requests that are here today. Lord, I just pray that you would have your way in our lives. Help us to go from this place today, bring honor and glory to you in all that we do and say. And now we pray you challenge us together. For, Lord, we indeed are needy people. We fall short too many times. And, Lord, we're so glad that we can come to you, that you're there. To reinstate, to pick us up, to strengthen us, to encourage us. And yes, that you can help us to be more than overcomers through Jesus Christ that loved us. To guide and direct this day, we pray, in Christ's name. And have you once said, Amen. Amen. <clears> Holy <throat> living should be the desire of every believer. Having a God like character can only come by a deep devotion to the Lord. And that's every day. That's just on Sunday morning. As we gather, we look our best and we smile and everything looks wonderful. It's for blue Mondays too, and Hump Day of Wednesday, and Friday when you feel wore out and hardly wait for the weekend. It's a constant walk. Today we want to consider the subject of holiness, which simply means living a holy life to the honor and glory of the Lord. And as we do, we want to examine. And these five elements of holiness. They are conviction, commitment, discipline, uh, dependence, and desire. So let's start with conviction. The knowing the truth. This Ephesians 4 passage, Paul is declaring to us this thought to be made new in the attitudes of your mind. And we know that attitudes can be both positive and negative. The story is told of a little boy who had a very positive mental attitude. He was overheard talking to himself as he strutted out the back yard one day. Had a baseball cap on and carried his bat and ball. And he said, "I'm the greatest hitter in the world." So then he proceeded to toss the ball in the air and struck at it, and he missed. Strike one, he declared. Undaunted, he picked up the ball, pitched it in the air, struck again, and missed. Strike two! He cried. "I'm the greatest baseball hitter ever," he continued to say. Then he paused a moment, examined the bat and ball carefully. Then the third time, threw the ball in the air, struck at it, and he missed again. He said, "Wow." Strike right, three, I'm the best pitcher in all the land. <laughs> That's what I call a positive thinking. To the Roman Church, Paul wrote, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's only the blessed Holy Spirit that can do that renewal and change of one time. This process of renewing our minds involves establishing personal convictions. As we prayerfully read the scriptures and are exposed to them, and we begin to understand that we can see and we can know that God is, we want his will regarding our life, our conduct, our character, and we can see as the Holy Spirit applies his word to specific areas Here is uh, where we need to be obedient to his promptings, to to develop Bible-based convictions. Now, the Holy Spirit will impress upon your mind anything that he will not others, because he knows how every one of us are made. He knows those areas of weakness. One who has personal convictions is not easily swayed or met by the crowd or popular opinion. Someone with his own personal convictions is convinced something's true, and they stand on that principle regardless of what the situation or the consequence may be. And so as one person prayerfully reads and meditates on the scriptures as we have here before us today, they will see that God has drawn for every one of us certain standards that we need to live by. God, the Holy Spirit, inspired the Apostle Paul to write these things regarding honesty, peacefulness, and purity. We certainly need an open heart, don't we, as we read the scriptures and allow the Lord to work in our hearts. Uh, he's going to give insight into those areas of truth uh, to the day in which we live. Paul himself said his calling was to help God's people to grow in the knowledge of truth that leads to godliness. I believe that's where our walk in holiness begins. It's the knowledge of the truth that renews the mind and enables us to understand how God himself wants us to live while we're here in in this world. So moving on, then, there's that commitment that we should have to obedience. Someone said this, and I think it's an excellent quote, A belief is what you hold. A conviction is what holds you. Think about that. A belief is what you hold. A conviction is what holds you. So a conviction is not truly one unless it includes a commitment to live on what we believe and claim to believe. Commitment isn't a vow, but rather it's a resolution determined to live the best we can by God's word, and to do and apply it every day. So we need a commitment to holy living as a total way of life. We must decide that holiness is so very important to God that it deserves our priority. Commit ourselves to obey what God tells us as we read his word. It should speak to us directly. We can't pick or choose depending on how we might feel at that very moment. You know, a little fudging on one's income tax is just as serious as robbing a bank. It's still stealing. Ouch. An unforgiving spirit and cold shoulder to another person is just as wrong as to hate someone. All sin is offensive to God. No matter think, it's just a... The little one or with the big one. It's still sin. You see, the measure of sin is not just in the effect that it has on our neighbor. But it's a trunk for the majesty and holiness of the sovereign God. So sin is serious business to the Lord and becomes serious business to us when reflecting. Every sin, regardless of how small or insignificant they appear to us, is still an expression of contempt to a holy God of his authority. And so this should prompt us to fall on our knees before God and to confess and surrender to our Heavenly Father. The psalmist saw the seriousness of sin when he wrote, you, God God, have laid down precepts that are to be fully fully obeyed. Psalm 119, verse 4. He recognized that God is calling not just for partial beings, but total beings. Coveting our neighbor's house while never really stealing from them is still sin.
1: Jesus
0: clearly taught us there in the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 5, 6 and 7 of Matthew. That obedience in our very thought life is necessary as obedience in our actions. I believe, friends, to, to live a holy life then is definitely a commitment in the total life of the As I said, not just on Sunday when we are here in church, but all throughout the week. It's a 24 7, 365 days a year. Thirdly, consider it to be the discipline of choices. There's seriousness, consequences, a of choices. I had to think that I was a prison captain, met a lot of wonderful men that were so sorry for what they did. And some said it, it was one choice. Now it's been a year behind Now, I think certainly it was a repeated action as they were drawing and, and living selfishly and uh, doing what they felt was for themselves and not others than one choice. We can regret a lifetime. Just yesterday in the radio, I hope I have this, this, this quote fairly close, but something the Gold in the Air, who is or was a former prime minister of Israel. She said this, maybe decision no matter what others think of or the outcome of it might be if it's the right thing to do. Think about that. Temptations are going to come, they come to all of us. But we must learn to make the right decision, the right choice at that time. And so renounce sin and choose righteousness. Breathe a prayer for the blessed Holy Spirit's help of and say no to, to wrong choices. First Thessalonians 5.22 says abstain from all appearance of evil. Depending on what version of the Bible you're using, it can be appearance of evil, every kind of evil, every form of evil. In Romans 8.13, the Apostle Paul tells us to put to death the misdeeds of the body. Not only do we say no to temptation, but we say yes to the positive steps and profitable choices. And so it takes those positive steps in our pursuit of holiness or holy living. So exercise yourself in reading the word. To hear what God is saying to you. You can't know if you're not reading. The Holy Spirit wants us to take practical steps to disciplining ourselves in all we do. And then consider with me our dependence that is on the Holy Spirit. You know, we're dependent on him every day. We need his help. Anytime that we stress about being totally responsible for our actions, we're in danger of thinking that personal holiness is all up to me. But it isn't. It does take willpower. It does take a strength of character.
1: Yes, both of them
0: are very important. But we depend on the inner work of the Holy Spirit. We're both personally responsible, but totally dependent on our practice of holiness. So friends, you and I cannot change our hearts. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. But we can and must avail ourselves to the means of evil. Again, we look at Romans 12, 2. We're told to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. That word transformed means to be changed from within. A constant process of being renewed and changed. And I believe the Holy Spirit is at work right this second, working in your heart and mind. Today, tomorrow, the next week, as we're open. To God and we're seeking Him for His help. Only the Holy Spirit can give us new values and desires. Turn with me back to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. I want to read 10 verses here. I love the Psalms. It's good to read one every day. Psalm 119, starting to read in verse 30. I am glad I didn't say it was going to read the whole song. <laughs> I have chosen the way of truth. Your judgments I have laid before me. I claim to your testimonies. O Lord, do not put me to shame. I will run the course of your commandments, and you shall enlarge my heart. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall keep it to the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my ear or my heart to your testimonies and not to covetousness. Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. Establish your word to your servant who is devoted to fear you. Turn away my reproach, which I dread, for your judgments are good. Behold, I long for your precepts. Revive me in your righteousness. As I read those verses, that is the personal responsibility of us all. There in verse 30, he says, I have chosen the truth. You see, there's the decision we must make. And then verses thirty-three all through to verse thirty-seven, we see there again that total dependence is upon God for fulfillment as we allow Him to move us in the right direction. That to me is one of the most important principles of our practice of godliness: yielding ourselves to God and allowing Him then to direct us as we're given over to Him. Furthermore, we must hunger and thirst for righteousness. There again, out of the uh, Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, verse 6, Jesus taught us, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled." Amen. We need this motivation in our pursuit after God. We allow some sin to control over us, will not be victorious must be master of it. We must desire God's will. Want to do what gives him glory and not for ourselves. You know, it's good to feel good about ourselves. You want to do that, don't you? I think that's positive. But that isn't why we please God. We please God, and then the result of it is that we feel good that we're following in his precepts and his commandments. It requires to see God in prayer. And then practice in the training as we read the scriptures. doesn't come overnight. It's a walk with the Lord. Remember, we're born in sin and by nature are self-centered. A familiar verse that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Oh God, help us to renounce our self-centeredness and humbly seek after holiness. So we pray, we confess, and then we surrender our will to the Holy Spirit. Dying out to those selfish desires and surrender our will to his plan and purpose for our life. You know, we we relinquish control and allow Christ to be in charge. This is what I've heard me say many times. We must get to that place of total surrender in the process of seeking after God for holiness. Here's a few verses I want to leave you with to consider. Uh, 2 Corinthians 7, verse 1. Since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of the reverence for God. And in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 7, For God didn't call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Then Hebrews 12 10. Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good, that we may share in His holiness. How many of you had a father that disciplined you? You know what? It wasn't fun going through it, but it was for our It definitely was. You heard me say as a twin, tell you, if we were in the trouble, I don't know if we really called ourselves the trouble. And at times I think I got whipped and it wasn't my fault to be wrong. But then I had to think of the times that he probably got whipped for me. So, you know, all died. But it was for our good for a little while. While our Father spawned best, God also disciplines us for our good. And we can share in his holy And so the question before is, have we come to that place of total surrender? If not, I encourage you to do that. Uh, Allow the Holy Spirit to have all of you that's seeking God for soul, mind, and strength. Remember the words of Jesus, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life, and we have it more abundantly. That's what I'm preaching about today. Our desire more of God and the glory of our lives beyond keeps driving us and leading us closer to God. So seek the Lord. Don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. God is faithful to leave every honest time that seeks for His fullness. Let us stand together and fight the